Welcome back to EXPN. I'm satellite bestseller Warren Rustborough. And I'm impressed. Not just because people are cracking into Rusty's Dusties, but that you're out here tweeting your own bird, pulling your own honker, and squeezing your own fruit. Yes. <clears throat> well, I'm just sort of shocked. I'm Dirk Bradley. I'm sorry, I, I missed the chance earlier and I had to jam it in somewhere. Wait a minute. I thought your last thumb dryer was all about trends and bends of quest economy in the post-luck world. Whom exactly is out there reading that? Now I'm the one that gets to be impressed that you even remembered the subject. Truth is, I couldn't tell you why it's doing so well. It's not much different than my usual fare. Charts, graphs, analyses. I did intersperse each chapter with my journal entries chronicling the fall of the adventuring industry in my home plane. But I doubt that's drawing in the readers. Are you nuts? That's your best stuff. My... wait. My what? Your journals. Duh. I started working my way through your catalog after you death-saved me. But when it took a full hour to get through the title of your first page pile, I gave up on it. That's when I found your personal account of the rise of the Osmium Empire, and let me tell you, I was able to get through entire pages before needing a book now. In mere weeks, I've finished five, even tens of paragraphs. I'm experiencing something deeply uncomfortable. Let her rip, my boy. They can't yell at you for breaking wind without breaking the fourth wall. That's why I save all my nasty gas for the scry. I call it breaking the fourth wind. I knew it. At first, I thought something had died, but no. Wait, that's not what I'm talking about. The discomfort I'm feeling is a sense of appreciation for your kind words. It means a lot that I was able to get through to even one such as you. You deserve a little praise. And let me tell you, you're going to get it in droves once you publish that little brown number you hid under your mattress. The sub-mattress literature I'm used to finding is a little more, let's say, titillating. But I wasn't disappointed once I started digging in. The what? Oh yeah, it's a real sheet shifter. I couldn't help but climb into your double drum-sized mattress and get my snoop on. But if you're welcoming critique, that Nick Knife guy who's always messing up the hero's plans, he'd be way better as a main character. He's got the fashion sense of a hawk and the wit of a wombat. Real bestseller material. Dirk, are you telling me you jimmied the lock on my bedroom and read my private diary? No. I can't say I'm surprised that you've broken the trust I extended by allowing you to stay in my home. When was the last time you went more than 24 hours without breaking something? Hey, that's not fair. I was unconscious for at least a few days after you stabbed me. And in that time, the only thing I broke was the fourth wind. And unless the audience is itching for a repeat performance, I think it's time we check in with the transient exiles, all of whom are respecting each other's personal boundaries and working together as a cohesive team. Truly this is High Fantasy Adventure. Your breath is belabored by unseen particles. Your eyelids instinctively engage in a rapid succession of blinks in response to an immediate and unexpected buildup of unctuous irritants. You are displaced slightly by a stream, not of water, but of the shoulders and hips of a materializing crowd. As your polluted tears fall and your vision adjusts, you find yourself at the center of a broad amalgamation of a street. Metal, brick, grass, marble, wood, and glass set in organic shapes, insinuating a pattern both obstructed and completed by the shifting populace. They, too, share in the enigmatic miscellany of colors and textures. The flow is contained, no, no, conducted by towers of beguiling design, spliced together by wires, pipes, arches, trellises, planks, vents, statues, nettings, catwalkers, you have to pull away from the sensory overload. The harmony is warped by your stagnation. Is this hell? <laughs> I've never seen so many people in one place. Did Gaspar send us to hell? No, I think it's Abel. Oh, someone just pushed me. I smell everything. <laughs> As you make these comments, you can see the rippling effect that you have. The implied design and patterns of the crowd and the environment seem to clash with each other. In a nearby intersection, you see three people collide, shuffle left and right. There's a panicked increase in their pace as they try to make up for lost time. I wonder where they're all going. 
I wonder what we're doing here. In a muted volume, you hear places to be, work to do, places to be, work to do. They all seem to be chanting some kind of tenet. We have to get off the street. This is madness. There must be some kind of business, a alleyway we can tuck into. As somebody walks by, Hal looks at them and goes, Listen in your continuance. Someone just touched my tail. You have a tail? Hal, nobody responds to your tenant. Ayavos, you are in the center of this street, so about 35 feet in either direction, you can see the towers. The one to your right has several ladders that look like they pull down. The one to your left has several dangling ropes that lead up into a catwalk. Are they all close enough together that there's no room between them? There are a few spaces here and there. The distances vary, but you can see that in varying degrees of difficulty, every building is connected to another. Iavos's goal is to just find someplace a little bit quiet and away from hundreds of people to gather his thoughts and think about what our objective is. So if there's like a nook big enough for the three of us, he's going to try to squirmy worm his way through the crowd and make it there. What does everybody else do? I've, um, I've been to enough raves to know that we should probably hold on to each other as we move through the crowd. Yeah, I'm not going to let Iavos wander off on his own. We'll never find him again. Yeah, even the, the second the thought of hand-holding sparks into their minds, his hands come to life and reach out. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring to life. You find that as you hold hands, more of these rushing souls are caught in your leash. Hmm. We've made the, an asshole net. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> in your attempts to get to the other side of the street, you find yourselves being pulled by the flow. Who is leading this group? I believe it's Ayavos. Yeah, that makes sense since I was the one to kind of have a freak out. Ayavos, you need to navigate the group properly. Mm -hmm. How would you like to do so? I'm hoping with my keen senses of uh, perception that I can find like, oh, there's a pocket here. Oh, we can make go now. This person's moving this fast. This person's moving that fast. I'm going to frogger it. <laughs> <laughs> what skill would you like to use? Uh, perception. Yeah. I'm, I'm too befuddled to even guidance myself. That's a heavy befuddlement. It is a mighty befuddling. Uh, I have a total of 14. 14? Okay. Yes. When you control some of the panic that you initially had, I always remind me, were you headed towards the catwalk with ropes or the drop-down mm. ladders and balconies? Well, Iavos doesn't specialize in either ropes or ladders, but he would prefer a ladder over a rope. So that away. I swear to God, if this is just shoots and ladders, we're done. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is shoots and ladders. <laughs> Everything from Abel is a board game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. As you get to the border of the street... You can hear off in the distance the clanging of what appears to be dropped wooden poles. You hear a muted argument, but you are up against the walls here. What would you like to do? I, I need to... What are we doing here? I, I thought I was being a jerk sending you into a terrifying forest, but this is just madness. I almost... Uh, can't your glasses see through people? Uh, not my glasses, no. The lens of Ikshi I received in Roke 43. But I've never tried it with bodies. It usually works with things like miasmas or fogs. Well, they're, they're technically illusory bodies, aren't they? There's so many people here that I think it's very much like the composition of a cloud. That's true. Well, just be ready for it to be very unsettling. I'd happily rely on magic to help me out of this. I'm going to pull out the lens of Ikshi and try to attune it to... I guess it's weird because they're illusions, but... In this place, they're human bodies, so I'm just looking <laughs> mm -hmm. at all the people and being like, I was these. thinking about that. <laughs> you yeah. just set it to see through illusions, and you're just standing in an empty holodeck. You're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm doing uh, the people of the streets. People on the streets. I have those scats for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of the ritual. Uh, remind me what else it does. It basically lets me see through like obfuscation of a certain type of material. If that makes sense. Okay, okay. Any motile object. Sounds good to me. Oh, it's too funny to pass up. Okay. As you raise up the lens to look 
past the people. Somebody bumps you on the side. Oh no. Would you uh, just go ahead and make me a sweet old dexterity saving throw? Oh, it will be sweet and old. (laughs) Here we go. That's a 12. Cool. The impact isn't enough to dislodge the lens from your fingers, but it is enough to shift the angle that you are facing. And while this magic item allows you to see through the illusion that is the danger room here, it still gives you a bit of information because that's kind of the goal of this whole affair, is it not? (laughs) Sorry, that one's more towards Zach. (laughs) (laughs) With this, you're able to see more of the design of the randomness. Mm. And it all points somewhat spiraling towards a focal point. Mm. Above you in one of the balconies lies a perfectly symmetrical humanoid. Their skin is marked perfectly with hexagonal patterns. Every strand of their pulled back shoulder length hair is symmetrical, perfectly placed. And as you look at them through the lens, it feels like seeing a perfect image that you cannot look away from. You are bewildered at the moment. Penny, Hal, you can see that Ayavas is motionless, holding the lens, facing up towards one of the balconies. I'm going to wave a hand in front of his face. Can I follow his eyeline and see what he's looking at? Hal, when you try and follow Ayavas's line of sight, you can see that it is slightly moving now. You follow it towards one of the balconies, and on the ledge, you see the same humanoid figure. Penny, at this time, you are able to wave your hand across Ayavos's face, and the flicker, Ayavos, of an obstruction is enough to break you from this stupor. Are you okay? I'm not sure exactly who or what that is, but... That looks like a clue that has to be followed if we're to discover the mysteries of this bizarre place. You seemed almost like you were under some kind of enchantment. I was taken completely off guard by what I witnessed. You could say he was hixed. As you're having this conversation, the symmetrical humanoid is lowering one of these drop-down ladders. Does it look like they're doing this for us or for themselves? They look like they're doing it for both. They ride the ladder as it glides down towards another balcony. That's pretty baller. It's a very, like, Mary Poppins move. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a very Gaspar move, honestly. That, well, I mean, this is, where he, this is where he learned his shit. You'll notice, even as they move across these ladders and balconies, the flow of the crowd, the patterns in the buildings and floor, all frame them perfectly. They are the focal point. I'm going to raise my hand as though to signal to them to see if they look like they're aware of us watching them. While continuing to hop from balcony to balcony, finding a rope to swing onto or a lamppost to slide down, they give you a playful waving of the hand in response. Does it look like if we climb this ladder, we could encounter them? Or are they trying to like, they're, they're on the move, they're ducking and weaving? They appear to be in a roundabout way getting closer to you. Hmm. That's, that has to be our clue. This person. Hello, uh, over here. Hal, can you climb this ladder? Or I suppose I could as well, rolling up his sleeves and like tucking his robes into his bottoms of his boots. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cool look. Tucking robes into your boots. So dope looking. (laughs) Slow down there, Grindid. I think it's coming to us. Well, then I will wait patiently at the bottom of the most opportune ladder. As you wait on the side of the street, you still do have an effect on the crowd. This is still an area where they walk. In the time it takes for the figure to get only 20 feet away from you, you can see that a new plume of smoke in the distance, different from the white thick clouds being poured from some of the chimneys in these buildings, There's a faint orange glow reflecting off of the metallic and glass surfaces in the nearby buildings. How far away from us is this? Like 300 feet. Okay. 
So it looks like there's a fire ways down the street. It does. But nobody seems to be reacting to it. You don't hear any fire alarm bells or see anybody in charge of fixing that. And the populace just seems to be doing the same thing, trying to get somewhere. Should we try and go help? Uh, Maybe that's our trial. This is so strange. What in the world is going on here? It's really burning cats and dogs out here. (laughs) Once again muted, you can at least eavesdrop a few words from the crowd. Not my job. Not your job. Not my job. Not your job. Whose job is it? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like trying to get to that fire would take days with all these people milling about and making walls. Then we'll have to go the way that this man did. You're causing a lot of problems. We excel at that. We we didn't start the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Not directly. Please, keep moving. Is no one going to help? You may attempt to help. Just make sure you keep moving. Then I suppose that is what we must do. Well, I have, I have, I'm all tucked and rolled, so <laughs> I'm going to try to get up onto this balcony to move my way to see if getting off the street leads a path towards this burning building. And I will follow. I'll stay with the group. There are so many handholds, so many different little paths you could take. There is no problem getting out of the street. And as you move towards the fire... You can see that at least some order is being restored. There are several of the population that seem to be porting urns, barrels, blankets, and as they pass by, they seem to be incidentally extinguishing what appears to be a tumbled cart of alchemical supplies. So the fire is coming from the cart, another building. And we're up above it in the... The catwalks of the city? That is correct. Are we still 300 feet from this uh, burning cart? You've gotten closer. You're about 90 feet from it right now. If we have a good view of it, I would like to try to analyze the contents of the cart and see if I can determine what alchemy is on fire, and then maybe what sort of alchemy would best put out the fire. I wish Gaspar was here. He has that secret lab in his room about... All this alchemy stuff. Wait, Gaspar has a dog and I don't know about it? What? No, he killed that one. What? <laughs> <laughs> you said he had a secret laboratory. No, no, no. It, it, he has a secret laboratory. It's a little alchemical like, oh. table that he just throws a blanket over anytime anyone comes in the room. That does make more sense. He had a dog and he killed it, I almost? Well, the Vulpodexa was very canine in many physical attributes. Oh. At any rate, um, hello fun. It seems like Gaspar might be testing our dexterity. I have a spell to cast on you. What? Hold still. I thought we weren't supposed to do that here. I, like, do the running man, just kind of in place. Ayavos, can you make me an arcana check? I would love to. Uh, I know we're up in the rafters. I don't suppose I could, like, manifest opus in my hand and try to turn to a random page to see if it'll help me. That's kind of what its its magical yeah. goal is. So I'll use my once-a-day bonus to a knowledge check and be like, all right, opus, show me the origin of fire. Boy, one is a one on the die, and that's bad, but the other is a 19, which makes it a 25. Ooh, <clears throat> tasty. It seems to be just a small shipment of alchemist's fire mm. that had tipped over. The other reagents and chemicals just seem to be burning in it and adding like a few little toxic fumes here and there. You know how it goes. Right, right. Um, They are not the cause of the flames, nor are they making it worse in terms of, of heat. Hal, however, as Penny is casting this spell on you and telling you to remain still, you make that little jab. And even though you're doing a little running man... You and Penny, and while conferring with Opus, Ayavos has stopped moving. You can see nearby the fire, one of these porters trips on another's foot, and comically, 
A rug is thrown onto the flames, and you don't know what it's made out of, but it immediately ignites as well. <laughs> it's just petroleum fibers. <laughs> petroleum fibers? <laughs> just straight up in flames. This whole thing's made of Bacardi 151. <laughs> yeah. You. The whole thing still seems to affect this place, even if we're not on the street. Oh, I get it. It's Gaspar's dungeon. When do you ever see Gaspar stand still? <laughs> Let's do this quickly then. Yeah, parkour. Hal takes off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, very quickly, as Hal starts racing off, Penny quickly encants her spell. Subtle steps behind the scenes, pither pather, meow meow beans. <laughs> and Halifon begins mid run to take on vaguely feline qualities. He begins to run a little more gracefully a little more fluidly. And he also, with a little glimmer of gold sparkling dust, sprouts little cat ears and a cat tail. <laughs> this is enhanceability, cat's grace. The target has advantage on dexterity checks and also doesn't take fall damage from falling 20 feet or less. Very useful. Hal, you have a few options. You can jump down onto an awning next to the side of the building. There is thick netting and walking down the street, you can see what looks like a large cart of hay. How would you like to make your acrobatics check? WWGD. What would Gaspar do? Yeah. Hal is going to leap from the balcony we're on onto the awning, bounce off it as a trampoline, ninja warrior hand over hand the uh, net and then fall into the hay bale. How's that? All three of them. Lovely. Yep. Go ahead and make me that acrobatics check. This yeah. is this is for Gaspar. <laughs> you have advantage. That's good. The first die was a three. And I only have one uh, d20 back here, so it's just going to have to roll better this time. Mmm. Tasty. Second roll is a six, plus four for a total of ten. You've gone from... Ninja Warrior to Extreme Eliminations Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> <To> MXC. <laughs> you manage to land onto the awning, bounce onto the net, but you prematurely dismount from the netting before clearing your limbs fully. You find yourself hanging from the side of the building off of an ankle, netting oh. catching onto your gear and leg. He makes it look so easy. Iavos and Penny, you get to watch that from... A nice balcony. <sighs> well, that spell lasts for an hour. Hopefully, hopefully it does him some good. Yeah, it's fine. Once I land, I'll land on my feet. I just have to get down first. I mean, to be fair, getting tangled up in a net is very cat-like. <laughs> <laughs> Penny lets out a small laugh at that and races after Halifon using mirthful leaps to leap from platform to platform. Go ahead and roll me that acrobatics. Guidance. Pat on the back. <laughs> That is a nat 20 and a 4 on the guidance. Mm, uh, mm. My acrobatics is plus 6, so it's 30. Holy Gaspar. You are able to go from platform to platform. There's a section of brick in the wall with very pronounced gaps, and your hoof is able to catch it perfectly, and you make a jump towards the netting that Gaspar would be very proud of. As your weight shifts the netting around... Hal is able to untangle himself and land perfectly on his feet. You can join him on the ground or you can remain hanging, grabbing on this netting. I will traverse the netting. While this is all happening, Iavis, what are you doing? Iavis is going to use his keen eyes to pinpoint a spot as close to the wagon, the alchemy cart as possible, that doesn't have a person in it. Point his finger at it and misty step to that location trying to get as close to the cart as his magic will allow. Perfect. You misty step with all the confidence of somebody walking through a glass door. <laughs> and very much like them, you are shunted backwards, mm. right where you started, maybe stumbling just a little bit. The magic didn't work. You hear from a nearby trellis, this is the go-between. You are not allowed. I thought Gaspar would be proud of me trying to cheat the system. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> this is the go-between. 
There is no cutting through it. It already is, by design, cutting through. And I guess I'm going to have to do it the old-fashioned way and just uh, guidance myself and attempt to carefully, like, I'm not doing as many big leaps and bounds as these two, but I'm, like, trying to walk across, you know, like a flagpole and grab onto a railing and lower myself down a little more gently. Maybe a comedic clothesline with a large pair of bloomers I can fall into. (laughs) (laughs) There's exactly that. Excellent. Are you in any hurry? A little bit. I want to keep up with my friends, but I also, you know, I'm just being just being cautious enough to let my manual dexterity not let me die. All right. Go ahead and roll me that acrobatics check. Mm, this will be good. I rolled a nine and a one, so my total is ten. Right in the middle of that there road. You're able to ride those bloomers <laughs> to the street. It's a rough landing, but you don't do it face first. I land with a kabloomers. Kabloomers. Once again, you just see the populace incidentally extinguishing it. They're not doing it fully. They're just doing a small part before walking past it and off towards another street. Someone like throws a dollar bill on it and (laughs) walks past. You're all within close proximity of this fire. What would you like to do? I have his sleeves rolled up. We'll grab a spade off of his belt, looking to see if his allies are moving towards it before being reckless with magic. Shouting, stand back for just a moment. Everyone. You can see a few faces turn towards you, shrug, and then maintain course. Well, then by all means, eat my ass. <laughs> uh, somebody gets up right behind you. Oh, no. <laughs> Pickpocket. Um, <laughs> holding the spade up and using his hand on the other side, kind of like forming a visual triangle, aiming it at the wagon. He's going to cast Mold Earth to open up a five by five foot cube underneath it in the cobblestone streets and just try to like bury the wagon a bit, have the earth fall away. The ground underneath the cart is a mixture of steel plate, hardwood, Mm. and garden soil. In the stripes of soil, you are able to mold the earth over the fire and extinguish it. My only question to you is, do you continue moving? While casting the spell? Yes. I would say the only reason he keeps moving is because a bunch of jerks keep pushing up against behind him. So he's like toppling over and stumbling. And there's like cracks in the earth around the wagon from him being jostled while trying to aim his spell. It was It's a really sloppy job. Bush League stuff. You hear from within the crowd. Oh, good. You fixed one of the many messes you've caused. At this rate, you'll be out of here in 7,000 years. Yeah, that tricks. The crowd, as if orchestrated by the symmetrical humanoid, pushes and pulls you towards the edge of the street. The figure then gestures towards several metal hooks dangling off of hempen ropes. Would you like to fix your mess faster? How do we do that? Explaining the movements you need to make will take more time than that, and you will not understand what you need to do. But I have a simple solution. Have you heard of a game named Tag? Yes. Played it as children. You were a child once? Yes, Hal. Were you... were you gray as a kid? What did you look like as a kid? Very strange time for that question. Yeah, you're right. This probably isn't the time. Were you, though? So we have to play this game. It was Gaspar's favorite game. The figure grabs one of these metal hooks and yanks it downwards. A crane above begins to rotate. A wheel begins to turn. And the figure begins to ascend. But just before it's out of reach... They tag Ayavas on the shoulder. You're it. The stranger looked across the dim purple of the Tarmas flame. What remained of his face pulled into a rictus grin. 
to live a life so devoid of kindness that the warmth of a fire and a bowl of what passes for stew from my pot would bring such joy. Rough hands, dyed black by years, immersed in the putrid rock that would mean life for millions, wealth for few, and death for those who dragged it from the belly of the earth. Glory to the hunter that ties the trap field dresses the majestic beast of the mountain and rents out the cavities between the ribs while slowly carving away the meat of what once was there. It was then I began to doubt the propaganda of the stone throats, began to doubt the nobility of the work of those who labored in the deep, began to doubt that the better lives on which we had all been sold would indeed ever come to pass, began to realize that better never means better for everyone. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. I'm so angry. You have betrayed me for the last time. Oh no, he's a barbarian. Now you will suffer my wrath. As I write a negative review about your business. The salad was underdressed. My water glass remained empty for almost 10 minutes. And when I got my steak, it was overcooked, and they disagreed. Falcath knows medium rare when he sees it. Good cocktails. Two out of five skulls. Mungus got the newest model of axe from the chop shop and was promised a full six months wear and tear warranty. Axe broke on enemy pauldron, and they wouldn't replace it. Battle is wear and tear for an axe. Manager was very rude. Good cocktails. 2.5 out of 5 skulls. Stingwell's free-range wasp zoo was exactly as I expected. Good cocktails. Four out of five skulls. It's time to be heard. A review forum just for barbarians and those interested in pillaging. Finally, the perfect outlet for your anger. Yob, a barbaric user review site for taverns, armories, fashion, and more. Hey, all you cuties. This is the middle. Middle of the show. I have some info for you to know. I was floored to see the excited responses from the LUQ enamel pin launch. I was smiling all day just seeing how happy this new product made so many fans. I also didn't realize what all was involved in shipping them, but lesson learned. It's a lot, but I'm actually really enjoying learning more about it. On our first day, we sold almost one third of our stock. So it's not too late, but it might soon be too late to get yours now. There's a big beautiful button on the LUQ.com to lead you to the Etsy store. Shipping for this first batch is only for the US and Canada, and if we do more in the future, it'll be based on how well these ones do. 
Speaking of big and beautiful, we love our patrons. From the bottom to the top, they all make the show happen. If you want access to all the great D&D content, LUQ bonus audio, additional podcast episodes of D20 Questions, rankings in the Discord, and more, join the Patreon. Our highest tiers can either make a character to join the team on the battle axis and make it into the show's meta, or become a legendary mid-roll patron and have your name mentioned in rotation with your team every week. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Blodnoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. For info on getting an ad or personal message on the show, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. If you want to mail us some fan art or something cool that is not homemade food, it's P.O. Box 230091, Tigered, Oregon, 97281. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, and other social media for that matter. Monday nights, Dana hosts new episodes of the LUQ. Wednesdays, me and Zach play a cooperative Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocke, and we are just goofballs the whole time. And Thursdays, Dana's back to play some awesome games with Penny Plays. And join us during the rest of the week for Zach's morning video game cardio workout, and I've been playing Lawcraft on the new LUQ server, so we hope to see you there. And if our Twitch numbers keep growing, we can start doing Crack and Dice giveaway again, and that sounds like fun. Join the Discord, share the show, leave a review if you haven't, and buckle up for a whole new year of adventure. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Iavos, you are in the side of the street. The crowd continues endlessly. And as the symmetrical humanoid begins to ascend out of reach, they say, Tag me if you can. Iavos, we'll just start initiative with you. Go around the table. Cool. Playing to my strengths and knowing the balance of my team, I am going to tag Penny on the shoulder. And now Penny is also it. Is that how this game works, Iavos? It is now. Okay. (laughs) And uh, in an effort to try to keep up, knowing that my allies are much more physically able than I am, Iavos begins to encant a spell to help him keep up with his friends and move in this bizarre three-dimensional space. My brother wears a traveler's shawl. His path and presence none recall. Each distant town and unknown place, he trades his name and swaps his face. And I cast Alter Self to change my physiology slightly. Iavos reduces slightly in size. His fingers just become slightly longer. And he almost appears as a slightly younger man wearing a wide-brimmed hat and a long flowing cloak as a illusory manifestation of his brother appears over him like a false skin. Nice. Iavos... The metal hooks are floating away with the figure, but you have a magical sense of where they are headed. You do need to ascend as well, though. Mm. There's a stack of barrels that lead off towards a window. There's a signpost with multiple boards stating directions and names you do not know. Is uh, there more of these metal hooks on cords? They are... They are all attached to the same crane. Okay. Do I think I could leap up to one and begin scampering it or riding it upward? Or are they too far out of reach? They are already too far out of reach. Gotcha. Um, So I'm going to leap from one barrel to stack of two barrels and then scamper up to the nearest balcony and just try to keep up with them along the wall as best as I can. I'm like a little better at climbing now, but not, not much. So you're going up the barrels and onto a balcony? Mm-hmm. Cool. Would you like to make a check to safely and quickly climb up to the balcony? I will attempt to acrobat. Okay. One one bat will one be bat. acroed. Nope. Three. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's that was great. the higher of two rolls. <laughs> that's good stuff. As you make your way to the third tier of these barrels, you start a cascading avalanche. <laughs> Several of the people get knocked over like bowling pins. Oh, no. But some of them seem circus-strained mm. and hop onto a barrel and are able to weave through traffic. Well, It's a mixed bag. Donkey Kong this shit. That brings us to Penny. Penny uh, breaks into a grin as the figure rides away on the hook. And as they quickly disappear out of sight, Penny wastes no time. Cutting sideways, she leapfrogs off of Hal, shouting, You're it! 
as she kicks off of the wall, grabs onto a fire escape, and just starts scaling this building. Would you go and make me an athletics check? I would love to. I rolled a nat one. Oh, no. We're so good. Which makes it a six. You rolled a one and got better than I did with my three. (laughs) (laughs) Gaspar's epic chase is now set to the tune of Yakety Sax. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) Penny, you rock climb for four seconds before realizing just how slow this is going. In fact, because of the architecture of this place, the handholds seem to be leading you a different direction. It's just like you took the wrong path. You are now further away than everybody else is. Uh, I've run out of handholds. Go. Hal. Gone. (laughs) Hal's going to look around, see that there are some other carts moving. Are they hitched to anything or are they just like hand-pulled? There are no animals. They are all hand-pulled. Perfect. All right. Hal is going to just shove somebody who's carrying a cart to knock them off of their cart so that they drop their handholds. Okay. He's then going to stand on one of the handholds, pick up one of the barrels that Iavos knocked loose, and throw it in the back of the cart to catapult himself into the air. For this improvised catapult, would you go ahead and make me compound roll a strength survival check please oh okay i'm not proficient in survival but i am proficient in strength 15 you launch yourself out of this makeshift cartapult nice and your trajectory can either lead towards a series of gears onto the side of one of the buildings a bundle of vines that seem to go up for a good distance, or a weather vane. I've played enough platformers to know that uh, gears can sometimes just lead to you being crushed. So let's let's go full uh, brachiator and grab a vine. All right. How far away is the um, target? Let's not worry about exact distances. <laughs> <clears throat> Even as the figure rides the crane around one of the buildings and out of sight, all of you maintain a sense of where they are. What you do know is that they are pulling away from you. If you all were to chase after them, you would not catch up. Hmm. But they're also not traveling in a straight direction. Ayavos, what would you like to do? Ayavos is going to realize that his own dexterity and physiology is not going to reward him in this scenario, even with the altar self making him a little better at climbing. He will still take advantage of that though, but he's going to rely on his brain more than his brawn. So running to the front of one of the large buildings near the crane uh, that's lifting this stranger upward, uh, he's going to identify the large flagpoles that signify the corporate houses of the different regions. And grabbing onto the metal cord that holds the flag aloft, he's going to firebolt the bottom And as it snaps and rips upward, pulling him as the weight of the heavy fabric flag pulls downward, he's going to use gravity to his advantage of being a small, skinny man. (laughs) All 30 pounds of it. Yeah. He's even lighter than usual with his alter self up now. He's like a spider monkey in robes. What check would you like to make for this calculation? Uh, I suppose perception or some kind of, uh, let's do, let's do a dexterity perception to try to balance it out. Compound rolls. Let's do it. I know you're in favor of that. I'm hoping I can win you over with it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's make it happen. 22. Oh. I rolled a 19. Mm. That's all from proficiency. I have. I still have no decks. <laughs> all right. Ayavos looking like a flag himself. All his... Uh, the dirtiest, <laughs> the dirtiest wine brown flag. What is your intention here, Law? To shoot to the top of the building and have a large... Elevation advantage. All the way up the building. Yeah. Just, (laughs) I can let go at any time. I can control when I stop. He's blasting rope to the top of the building, obviously. Sky high ropes. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, looking like a flag himself, Mm -hmm. this dirty bundle of rags and lithe old man gets shot up about 400 feet 
Jesus. in the air. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm so into it. At the top of one of these buildings, uh, would you like to grab onto a valve, a rusty gate, or a vent spewing out a steady stream of white cloudy smoke i think out of those options valve sounds the most grippable and perhaps comedic upon turning of the valve all right you grab onto the valve and your momentum turns it about 90 degrees Mm. (laughs) penny you can see that several tarps at this moment on the second floor of the building begin to inflate as several rigid balloons begin to rise up in response to the valve being turned. What would you like to do? I think I'm going to grab onto these balloons and get the rest of the way up. But what I'm actually going to try to do is seeing how this figure is weaving around and that we can't necessarily chase them down in a straight race. Penny is going to attempt to uh, flank them and kind of move them into one of her companions. I set a trap. I'd like to roll deception. Ooh. I'll take it. (laughs) It's better than last time. It's a two. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So that makes it a five, which is actually one less than last time. All right, take that back. It's a six. It's the same as last time. So he escapes. (laughs) So they escape. Uh, Okay. And what is the mode of transportation you are taking? The balloons. The balloons. Okay. Would you like to say anything to the rest of your group as you cut one of these balloons free in an attempt to flank your quarry? We need to work together. What the, why are these so slow? <laughs> this game is dumb. I wish point, yeah, you just start slowly floating upwards and you realize with your weight on the balloon, at a certain point, 60 feet above the ground, there's some equilibrium reached and you cease moving or the balloon ceases to move. Penny just floats listlessly in the air holding onto this balloon. <laughs> well, that didn't work how I thought. This is fine. <laughs> uh, this is fine. Hal. You're about the same elevation as Penny at the moment. You can see that she is stuck. Okay. She can either drop down or you can help her out. All right. Hal's original plan had been to swing on this vine to try and catch this person. But at the speed that they're moving, he assesses that that's simply not going to be possible. Instead, he lets his momentum carry him as far towards the person as he can and lets the pendulum bring him back towards where his allies are attempting to circle around. On the way past, he grabs Penny and says, I'm going to get you moving, but uh, this might get a little missy. And I throw you from your balloon onto a gutter, which has running water on it for you to slide down. I hang on to your balloon, and as I reach the building, I jab a knife into the bottom of it, and it... Farther up into the air. <laughs> Flawless balloon fart. Yeah, Absolutely. And I would like to roll... Dear God, what would I like to roll? Penny's mm. not a god yet. Yeah, more like a godling. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody have a suggestion here? A strength performance check? Sure, I could do strength performance. Yeah. He did a lot of strength in between. Yeah. I, I think I think Hal's going to rage. This is... Uh, this is very frustrating, and uh, at one at some point when I rage, I think I get faster movement, but that won't happen for a bit. I don't think that translates to balloon riding. <laughs> <laughs> just like an aura of moving faster. No, I just get really angry, then I stab the balloon. You're unarmored. You squeeze the horse fart. harder with your as, thighs. As, yeah. say, as, your, as your aura heats up the air inside the balloon. <laughs> yeah, it starts moving more. Yeah, it does, however, give me advantage on the strength check, which is what I was fishing for, so... So that's an 11 or a an 11 or a 12. I'll take the 12. 17 total. With that, Penny is sliding down a rain gutter, and you are propelled around the other side of this building angrily <clears throat> on a 
rapidly deflating balloon. Hal, as you round the corner, you can see the figure dismount the metal hook gracefully onto a handrail, slide down towards a windowsill, and then reach for what looks like a bridge between towers that is currently rotating. So they are, at the moment, at a slow pace, waiting for a path to open up for them. Okay. Ayavos, it is your turn. So with my reckless ascension, I have the advantage of being higher up than anyone else. You have view of every relevant character. Uh, I'm going to scamper across the rooftop to line up with where our target is standing on a windowsill, waiting for the right moment to move on. You have the high ground. And I'm going to cast a spell I haven't cast yet, and I'm once again going to use gravity to my advantage. And reaching over the edge, I'm going to uncork my sister's bottle, and down the side of the wall at an angle, I'm going to cast Binding Glue to cover everything in sticky magical adhesive, locking them in place where they stand. Using a Wisdom Arcana to aim my spell, perhaps. I like it. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. I rolled a, a big one to slow us down a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Very inopportune time uh, for a Uno. All right. Ayavos, it was a good plan. What you did not account for was a sudden change in wind, maybe caused by a large balloon. Mm. Um, <laughs> and this gust travels upwards the side of the building towards the bottle, and you glue yourself. Oh. So just so I understand correctly, after blasting rope sky high, you yep. then dumped a bunch of hot glue? Oh, it just Perfect. unloaded. <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is a standard craft situation that's just going really, really wrong. That is yes. exactly it. You always end up with hot glue on yourself. I thought for a moment I was going to glue Hal to the balloon. <laughs> I just looked down and be like, all right. Would you go ahead and roll me a saving throw against your own spell DC? Sure. I actually make it. I rolled an 18. All right. You do not stick yourself to the building. Your sister's bottle is stuck to your own hand. Mm. And... Who knows? Maybe you could slap yourself on the side of the building and then... But I grab the towel in time and none of it gets on my shirt and everything's fine. <laughs> well, there's a bit on your shirt, but it's not enough to fully uh, restrain you and take you out of commission. Oh, I'm sticky now. <laughs> uh, Penny, you are surfing a rain gutter. You are surprised as to how long this rain gutter does go. It's like spiraling around the building. Penny's feet are unsure for a moment, but as she kind of gets used to the situation she smiles and leans into it I want to kind of continue what I was trying to do before which is to chase this figure kind of in the direction that uh, to, to intersect with Hal and so this time though instead of trying to be sneaky about it I just want to um, I just want to chase him and try to lead him that way can I do a dexterity insight check dexterity insight Okay, okay. The prey is now the hunter. Yeah, go ahead and roll me that dexterity insight body <laughs> language check. As I chase uh, as I chase towards him, I announce my presence with a loud bleat. Oh! <laughs> that is a 22. The rain gutter does converge with several other gutters and pipes, and it looks like it heads towards a mill, a mill wheel of some sort. How do you use that to quickly change your direction to box this quarry in. As Penny starts to slide past it, she grabs it on the far end, the one that's rising, and uses it to launch herself through the air. A lot of launching. A lot. I was just thinking the same thing. A lot of launching. Very aerial combat, sort of. With a 22, you land on the same guardrail that they did, and you are in a direct intercept course. Halifon. Yep. As long as no escape route is available for them, Penny will tag them. All right. How far am I? You are in a rapidly descending balloon. Right. You are in probably the most chaotic direction available to anybody else. That makes sense. How are you wrangling this balloon to cut off the revolving skywalk? Am I above it right now? 
let's just say your balloon's going up and down your boat. Okay. Yeah, you're, All right. One second you're up, the other second you're down. All right. Hal is going to wait until he gets to sort of an upward trend on the balloon, and then he's going to let go for a moment, hover in the air, activating his radiant consumption ability purely for aesthetics. So, like, wings of fire sprout off of his back. He throws a javelin into the side of the building, drops onto that, and uses it like a springboard to jump up onto the platform where this person is. Yeah, exactly. What check would you like to make? Uh, an attack roll? I'd like it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I don't have advantage. No, I'll reckless attack. Why not? I'll recklessly attack a building. Ugh. There we go. 22? All right. Yeah, 22. Well, I think what matters more for me is that damage roll, though. Okay. Seven damage, Angelo. All right. With that amazing attack roll and the damage roll allowing your javelin to pierce into a wooden section of the building deep enough to support your weight, you springboard up and right before they deftly vault over the guardrail and onto the skyway, you tag them on the shoulder. Well done. Gaspar said you were great playmates. As they congratulate you, you have a wonderful view of the chaos that you have all brought upon this playground. (laughs) And yet, through the havoc, you can see that the patterns in the materials and people of this land all seem to sink back up again. There are no more minor collisions Despite all the obstacles you've left onto the streets, there's a balloon spiraling towards the sky, a flagpole whipping around, a 400-foot-long rope. The watermill is bringing down rain onto the streets, and yet a smile appears on the symmetrical humanoid's face. There we go. All tidied up. And we're back with the heart of the marsh restored to its rightful place and our heroes on their way home. I think we can chalk up another win for the exiles. Look, Russ, I'm sorry I gave your bedroom door the crowbar caress. Honestly, I just wanted to leave this under your pillow and got distracted. A bottle? Not just any bottle. It's a 643 Chateau Grimbarrel. A 643? Dirk, this is... This is... Where did you get this? (laughs) I stole it. (laughs) Dirk, your father won't bail you out anymore in this. I mean, this moves your usual charming petty theft from scry call to daddy to prison beatings alongside your old pal, Nate Daggers. So it's a win-win. Seriously, Dirk, whose is this? We might be able to convince them it was a part of the show if we return it immediately. Nah, it was my dad's. You stole this from your father? Yep, he keeps the good stuff in the cabinet hidden in the walls. I mean, come on, everyone's got to be looking for the hidden cabinet. No one expects to find the valuables in your pantry behind the Black Craft brand cheese runes. You're fun. Well, might as well enjoy the sweet taste of crime before you're hauled in for grand larceny. Ooh, thanks. Don't thank me yet. You've just admitted to stealing from a man who disowned you on live scry. And do you know what that means? What's that? You have a new place to stay. Is it prison? It's prison. I don't know. Yeah. That's the cut. That's the cut. Here we go. It's all fixed. Everything's perfect. We done did it. You did it. Nice. Oh, if, of all the of all the characters, I would have expected to go full fucking Looney Tunes ass Tex Avery. I wouldn't have expected Casper. You can't have a Spider Man Batman chase scene without lots of wacky physics. Yeah. No, that was great. Did we? Oh, oh man. 
We did not do great. You did not do great. <laughs> it's always with my best ideas that I roll the worst. It's, it's like a clockwork. <laughs> I was going to, for the next one, I was literally just going to catapult a pigeon at their head to distract them for a minute. <laughs> just like pluck one out of the sky and vault it at them like no one would see this coming. I just launched city chicken at them until mm-hmm. they die. <laughs> I was in five pounds. <laughs> I was like a failure, but not a catastrophic failure. Yeah. So, uh, I f- which I feel like this would be a quest that you'd be allowed to fail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Totally. That said, uh, MVP and play the game. Oh boy. Oh geez. I was checked out for most of it because I wasn't running it or playing it. So this is no. up to you guys. This is up to guess. I'm Art. sorry, I couldn't keep your attention. No, you were fine. I just have a hard time paying attention to anything that I am not directly involved in. Try playing from a closet. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you have no distractions unless you're in there on your phone, Michael. Uh, no, that's the problem. I have no distractions. I'm alone with my rampant ADHD thoughts. <laughs> I have nothing to look at. Who did the most successful skill checks? Uh, it was Hal, I believe. Then that's got to be MVP. Yeah. Use the carry. He he was carrying. I did get the tag at the end too. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then play of the game. I rather like popping the balloon. I think just yeah. everything involving the balloon, from it getting released to you lumping it to you getting popped, like it's, it's just a very funny scene element. And I like it's very evocative. Balloon is MVP. Okay, <laughs> balloon MVP. Also, are those supposed to be like emergency balloons for jumping out of buildings? Like, I don't think they're supposed to be like Macy's parade, like floating <laughs> balloons. I wasn't sure. Look, I've never been to Able. Who knows? Yeah, who knows what they've got? It's like that spaceship in the the Thor Ragnarok movie. Uh, it has a button for party time. <laughs> it was originally gonna like raise up a platform. Ah, I was imagining like it was ballistic. not attached. I was imagining like ballistic balloons for like uh, air raids and stuff like that. <laughs> I was picturing like the emergency like slides that come out of airplanes. You know, like oh. who went last on the roll? If you think we remember, you're cute. Uh, I think it was, it was me. me. I think it was you. I think yeah. I think I did it for my own adventure. Roll yeah. it up. Four, which means it's Michael. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the League of Ultimate Questing podcast, Battle Axis episode. This one, thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. That's the one. We're going to go around the table and introduce everyone, starting with you. Me. Okay. I wasn't sure. Uh, starting with me, my name is Michael Loving. I played Halifan Orison Jr. And if you have listened to me on Kill Every Monster, you know I am a fan of wacky Looney Tunes type antics. In a slightly different order this week, this is Dana Ebert. I play Penelope Farthing. You can follow me on Twitter at MistressDanaRPG, which you should. Because through January and February, I'm doing a couple of pretty cool giveaways both of which are going to include, among other things, Law signed copies of The Cult of the Maw. Go ahead, Law. Oh, yeah. Which we played in season one. We did. Uh, my name's Law. I played Ayavos Isadora, the very small fish in a big pond in this episode. I am also the creative director of Slapdash Studios. I'm Zach Barkus. I didn't do anything. None of this. I played no part. I'm technical director of Slapdash Studios. I need some tit jokes. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank Hedegar the Editor for editing, editing this episode. I'm Angelo Kalug. I was the DM of this Looney Tunes physics game of tag, but I usually play Gaspar, the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass, who is proud of some of you and disappointed in the others. <laughs> what was what was Hexman's name? What was the Hex? Tolly. Tolly? And it, it's they. I figured. Yeah. I, every time I said he, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like, I, this is, I don't know. Tolly. They T- don't mind. T-A-L-I. Yeah. I like them. Them. I like them. M. Mm. Apostrophe mm. E-M. Yep. M. Yep. yep. That's how I do it. All right. Well, on a on a slightly more somber note, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Michael Cullen, who recently passed away. And I'd like to give you all a mission this week. Tell someone that you love, that you love them. Because you never know. Yeah, it all kind Twitter. of hit Twitter last night. Yeah. It was a very nice and prominent person in the TTRPG community. Cosplayer, uh, oh. game player. Um, everyone loved him. He was also on Kill Every Monster. He did the Incubus episode, which was great. And he, he tragically passed away. On the first. It's very yeah. sad. So I am... I'm sorry, I don't know who this person is. No, that's... You're not on Twitter a whole bunch. Yeah, and um, I I feel like I say it all the time, but all of you in this room... I love you, and 
and you're very important to me, and I would be devastated if anything happened to any of you. If you uh, do want to go check out Michael's Twitter, I'm pretty sure you retweeted a GoFundMe for his yeah, family. Yeah, his, his sister posted one recently for funeral costs and whatnot. So, but yeah, uh, that's your that's your mission this week. Tell tell your friends that you love them, because you never know when somebody's not okay. <laughs>